Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. That's the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the deliverer from death. As it says in Hebrews 2.14, Hebrews 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And then Paul's making this big point to the Corinthian believers in 2 Corinthians 1.10, 2 Corinthians 1.10, when he said about the Lord Jesus Christ, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Delivered, deliver, will deliver. He's the deliverer. Point three, Joseph delivered from death to teach us that the Lord Jesus Christ does that. He delivers from death. Now you look at verse nine, Genesis 45, nine, point four. Joseph saw clearly that there was an urgency to all this. There was an urgency to respond to his invitation. Joseph made an invitation. There was an urgency And so he said, haste ye, hurry up, haste ye, and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son Joseph. I love this phrase I learned in Japan. They say it all the time. They used to say it to me all the time because I was so slow. They used to say, time is limited, time is limited. And so time was limited. Joseph was saying, time is limited, haste ye. Joseph understood there was no time to waste. His message to come and to be saved from death had to be responded to now. And the same is true about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's an urgency to respond to the gospel message to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved now, as it says in 2 Corinthians 6.2, 2 Corinthians 6.2. For he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted, and in the time of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now's the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the same as Joseph saying, haste ye. See, in Luke 19, 42, the Lord saying to Israel, he said, if thou hadst known even thou, at least in this thy day, that means today, in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. See, the time to respond to the gospel is this thy day. It's now. That's the same as Joseph saying, haste ye. And in Hebrews 4, 7, in Hebrews 4, 7, you know, remember I told you Japan said time is limited, time is limited. And Hebrews 4, 7, again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, 
if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. God limits a certain day called today to hear the gospel voice, uh, to hear the gospel, and come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Otherwise, the heart will be hardened. That is the same as Joseph saying, hasty. See, point four is the hasty urgency to respond to Joseph's invitation to be saved teaches us the urgency of responding to the gospel invitation of the Lord Jesus. All right, fifth, in Genesis 45, 9, you see Genesis 45, 9, Joseph saw clearly that he had to send others to carry his message of invitation to be saved. And he said to his brothers, haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son Joseph. See, that's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He sent others to carry his gospel message to be saved. When he said in John 20, 21, then Jesus said again unto them, peace be unto you, as my father hath sent me, even so send I you. And Matthew 28, 18, Matthew 28, 18, of course, the Great Commission, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then Paul, drawing on this, says, he says, look at yourself again in 2 Corinthians 5.20, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be you reconciled to God. And in Romans 10.15, Romans 10.15, spoken in the context to the Jewish people. Romans 9.10.11 is all about the Jewish people. To the Jewish people, in Romans 10.15, he asked the question, how shall they preach unless they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So this fifth point is, Joseph sent messengers with his invitation to be saved as the Lord Jesus Christ sends us as his messengers with his gospel invitation to be saved. Six, look at verse nine, Genesis 45, nine. Joseph saw clearly that before the message of salvation, before the message of deliverance, before the message of preservation of life, had to be a message received that he was Lord over all Egypt. When Joseph said, here's your message, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord of all Egypt. See, before giving the invitation to be saved, Joseph gave the announcement that he was Lord over all Egypt. The truth that Joseph was Lord of all Egypt, it had to be accepted before the invitation to be saved. That's true of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message that Jesus is God has to be believed before accepting the gospel invitation to be saved, which is why nothing was said to Paul about being saved or forgiven or cleansed or anything like that when he first encountered the Lord until he first understood that Jesus was God. In Acts 9.3, Acts 9.3, speaking of Paul, he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. You know, he, he didn't say, Saul, Saul, you need to be saved. Lord, what must I do to be saved? That wasn't, the, that wasn't the conversation. In bringing the gospel message to the lost, we too often, we rush to the last part. 
the dessert message of salvation through Jesus. And we skip the main course, the main course message of Jesus is God. You gotta eat, to, you gotta eat the main course before you get to the dessert, all right? <laughs> See, what's the most important is who died for sins? Who died for our sins? It was God who became a man. And without the receiving the message that Jesus is God, there's no salvation. Remember as uh, we learned on Friday night, you know, you can talk to, we, we see this in Ethiopia. Oh, we, we teach chapel every morning for 30 minutes and talk to the Bible. Everybody loves it. Oh, this is great. You know, this is truth. This book is truth. We get to the subject, the Muslims, we get to the subject of Jesus is God, drops their head. Okay, they don't want to hear that part, you know. But there's no salvation other than in Jesus. In John 8, 24, I said, therefore, unto you, you will die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am, if you don't believe that I'm God, you shall die in your sins. In Acts 2, 36, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ and Messiah. See, John 3.35, John 3.35, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. Philippians 2.10, Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. So this point, this sixth point, is that the message that Joseph was Lord over all Egypt had to believe first before there could be any saving from death And that teaches us the truth that Jesus is God has to be believed first before there can be any saving from death. See, it was this believing that Joseph was Lord over all Egypt that gave the basis for trusting Joseph to save them, and it gave the basis for the family to now move from Canaan down to to Joseph in Egypt. And when the family moved, they not only believed that Joseph was Lord over all Egypt. They believed into Joseph when they moved down to Egypt. And that was to teach us that believing that Jesus is God and Lord over all gives us the basis for trusting Jesus to save from sin. And it makes us move from our old life of direction by self to our new life of direction by the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that, We not only believe in Jesus, we believe into Jesus. All right, now, next was the seventh point in Genesis 45, 45, 10. Genesis 45, 10. Joseph saw clearly that to be saved from starvation, they had to come to him, as he put it, be near to me, come to me. Joseph didn't send food. Well, he sent some food, but he didn't send food so that they could just, you know, stay there and continue to live in Canaan, independent of him. They had to come to Joseph, they had to be near Joseph, and he said, come down unto me, come down unto me. There's only one way for Joseph's family to be saved, and that was to come to Joseph. If one of the brothers, I want you to kind of think about this a little bit, because, you know, the brothers didn't exactly have warm, fuzzy, loving feelings about this brother, right? So if one of the brothers said, I don't like him, I don't like Joseph, I never liked him, I'm not going down to Joseph. If one of them says, you know, I remember those dreams. I was offended at those dreams. I'm still offended at those dreams about me bowing down to him. I'm not going to Joseph. You know, if one of the brothers, you know, maybe who threw him in the pit, said, I still despise him. 
I still despise Joseph. I'm just prejudiced against Joseph. That's the way it is. That's finished. Then that brother would have died because he wouldn't come to Joseph. You had to go to Joseph to be saved. And that was to teach us that if any person, especially any Jewish person, says, I don't like Jesus. I won't go to Jesus. Or as one person tragically said, I'd rather go to hell than to go to Jesus. Or if someone says, I was offended at Jesus because of all the inquisitions in Spain and the crusaders and the Nazis who claimed to be Christians, I won't go to Jesus. You know, Jesus, I've used his name as a swear word. Kidding? Go to him? I despise Jesus. I could never say his name in my family. I'm prejudiced against Jesus. For me and Jesus, it's 1950s in Selma, Alabama. That's the way it is. See, then that person will die in their sins and be cast into hell. Because you gotta get over the prejudice. You gotta come to the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. As he said in John 5.40, John 5.40, you will not come to me that you might have life. And John 1.11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. His own said, no, thank you, please leave. In John 3.19, this is the condemnation. John 3.19, this is the condemnation. Light is come into the world, and what did men do? They would turn to the light, say, okay, I'm coming. No, men love darkness rather than light. Light came, they turned away. Psalm 81.11, Psalm 81.11, God is, God is lamenting over his people. You feel sorry for God when you read these things. It says, my people would not hearken to my voice. Israel would none of me. He wants nothing to do with Jehovah Jesus. Isaiah 53.3, which you've already quoted, Isaiah 53.3, he was despised. He is despised. He is despised. Very important to see that. He is despised and rejected of men. And then he tells this parable to bring the point across even more in Matthew 22.3, Matthew 22.3, he sent forth his servants to call them which were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. They would not come. Matthew 23.37, Matthew 23.37, when he's crying over Jerusalem, and he cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings, her chickens under her wings, and you would not. You would not. So what is this point all about? Point seven, refusal to come to Joseph meant death. And that's to teach us, refusal to come to the Lord Jesus Christ means eternal death of hell. And now the eighth point in verse 10, Joseph saw clearly that he was the only one. He was the only one who could save his family from starvation. He said, come down unto me. He was the only one who did save, could save, and did save the Jewish people. That's true of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can save a person from their sins and the judgment of hell. As he put in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, the life, other places he says, the door, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4.12, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in the other. For there's none other name given under heaven, under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. In Isaiah 43.11, Isaiah 43.11, I, even I, am the Lord beside me. There's no Savior. There's no Savior. So this point, this eighth point, is that Joseph was the only one who could save the Jewish people, and that teaches us 
that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can save any man from his sins. Now the ninth point, in verse 11, Joseph saw clearly that his role in life was to care for and to nourish. When he said, there will I nourish you, we just sang in the earlier service, majestic sweetness sits enthroned upon the Savior's brow. He's caring, he's nourishing. Joseph knew his life was to care for and nourish his family. He said that. He said, there will I nourish you. That's true of the Lord Jesus. He says in John 10, 27, John 10, 27, my sheep, he's a shepherd, hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. John six fifty one. John six fifty one. I'm the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, He'll live forever. The bread that I'll give is my flesh, which I'll give for the life of the world. In John 10, 11, John 10, 11, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In Matthew 28, 20, we just were talking about Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In Hebrews 13, 5, Hebrews 13, 5, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. 1 Peter 5, 7 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Care. Talking about care. Joseph is caring for them. John 10, 13, care. The hireling fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Know my sheep and a known of mine. Hebrews 7, 25, care. Wherefore he's able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. So what's this ninth point? The goal of Joseph's life was to care and to nourish for his Jewish people. And it teaches us that the goal of the Lord Jesus Christ is to care for his people. Okay, now the 10th point, 10th point, verse 11. He saw clearly, Joseph saw clearly, he had to be honest and he had to warn them. He had to warn them of the consequences of not coming to him. When he said, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. Word poverty there, Hebrew word yaresh, yaresh. It's the same Hebrew word used in Exodus 15.9, Exodus 15.9, to describe what Pharaoh wanted to do to the Jewish people when he was coming after them with the chariots. And it's translated there, the word destroy. The purpose, his purpose, Joseph's purpose in life was to save your lives by a great deliverance from this destruction. And he gave a strong warning that to neglect, Joseph said, if you neglect the message that I'm inviting you to be saved, it's gonna result in your destruction. And that's true of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave a strong warning. To neglect his invitation to be saved is gonna result in an eternal destruction. As he said in Luke 13, three, Luke 13, three, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. In Matthew 22, 3, Matthew 22, 3, again, the parable. He sent his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. They would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My ox and my fatlings are killed, and all the things are ready. Come on to the marriage. But they made light of it. And they went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, the smaller minority, took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. He sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Tenth point, Joseph gave a strong warning that to neglect his invitation was to face certain destruction. And so did the Lord Jesus Christ. 
gave a strong warning that to neglect his gospel invitation was to face eternal destruction. So these 10 points about Joseph that point to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the reason why the whole rest of the book of Genesis is gonna be all about just Joseph. You know, that's just a nice story, you know, about a man who was sold into slavery and then came and then, you know, good times happen. No, it's these 10 points that make Joseph a teaching lesson for us about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Joseph will now have the preeminence in the book of Genesis. Because as far as preeminence goes, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in Colossians 1.18, Colossians 1.18. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. The preeminence. You know, all we knew about Joseph before this point is really that, you know, in Genesis 24, this big uh, thing about his name, she called his name Joseph. He called, she called his name Joseph, and she said, Joseph shall add to me another son. When the Lord Jesus Christ was born, we see the significance of his name in Matthew 121. Matthew 121, she shall bring forth a son that shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But after that, we just don't hear about Joseph. We don't hear about Joseph. He kind of like sinks off into an obscurity. He's living at home. He's in like a total obscurity. We don't really know anything about the period of his life until he emerges 17 years old now in Genesis 37. We know very little about the Lord Jesus Christ from the time he was born to when he began his public ministry. But after he begins his public ministry, there's nothing. He's full out there, transparent, speaking, teaching, being seen, and nothing of any sin is ever observed in his life. So that at the end of his life, when he, uh, getting close, close to the end, he challenges his, his enemies in John eight forty six. He says, he says to him, take a good look. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? See, that made the Lord Jesus qualified to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was qualified to be as 1 Peter 1.18 puts it, 1 Peter 1.18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we get taught in the life of Joseph. The life of Joseph is very unusual. We, know, we read so much in his life, nothing bad is written about him. There's no bad thing written about Joseph. Goes through a lot of situations. Nothing bad's written about him. Again, teaching us about the Lord Jesus. But because he's gonna save the family, Jacob, we can say about Joseph, he is the most important person in the family of Jacob. And that's the reason why Genesis 37.2 could be seen as the most important verse in the book of Genesis. These are the generations of Jacob, Joseph. And from here on out in our studies in the book of Genesis here, we're gonna learn all about the Lord Jesus Christ through this remarkable life of Joseph. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for teaching us about the Lord Jesus Christ through the life of Joseph. And Lord, we just pray that we might be wide open, wide open to receive, to believe, to believe into, to respond, and to not harden our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Starting September 25th, join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship. <laughs> 